Hello and welcome to the run-in. Uh, Will and I are here as usual on Skype. Don't be worried, we're not actually in person. And uh, we're joined by Ralph Street uh, this time as we were meant to be talking to him all about uh, the British Championships that were due to happen this weekend as he'd pre-run uh, one of the courses. But that's off, as is pretty much everything else. So we've still, we've still invited Ralph along uh, for the journey and to chat about what is happening now that there's pretty much no orienteering going on. So welcome, Ralph. What's the situation in Norway, first of all, where you are? Oh, um, the society situation is, I guess, um, a few days in front of Britain. So the, um, the kind of lockdown restrictions have been in force since last Thursday. So we've had almost a week of uh, the schools being closed, people working from home, uh, no cinemas and no cafes and restaurants and things. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> so we're recording this on Wednesday the 18th of March, um, just to give you a time stamp. So all this information will be accurate to then. What happens in the future when you're listening to this? We obviously have no idea. Uh the JK, where the Welsh and British champs are all being cancelled or postponed. Uh, the British champs technically postponed. Then British orienteering said all orienteering activities being suspended. The British sprint champs uh, today has said uh, that weekend is off. They're hoping they can hold it in the autumn. The all uh, IOF events are off until the end of May, which affects. Uh, importantly for for both of you guys World Cup round one in Switzerland as well as Trailo and uh, Mountain Bico Team Mila last time I checked they haven't announced anything yet Um, and Jukola have said they've planned to make a decision by uh, the 17th of April at the latest but currently still preparing to go ahead as planned Um, so essentially everything is off Uh, Will Ralph how are you coping? (laughs) Um, So it's a really strange one for me because obviously this is unprecedented for everyone and I've been having quite a few questions from people at work around, you know, are you still going out running? Are you still doing this? And it, the answer is obviously yes. Like still going out running, still training as if... Well, up until Monday, I was still training as if the British champ was on and the JK, the JK was on and as if I was having to peak at the time I was expecting to peak. And then we obviously had the announcement on Monday that um, everything, was, everything was kind of off. Uh, so it's a bit weird now. I did a session yesterday afternoon, did a progression run, um, and it just felt strange that the like, training. I know there's still world champs technically is still on at the moment, but you're almost training without a goal because everything that you were planning to and prepping for has now been removed. And and I, I just feel very very odd going out training at the moment with no kind of almost no structure because I haven't had the time to kind of redo my plan but yeah so you've lost that motivation uh i think i've realized that my motivation is based around racing i love to race i love to push myself against other people and i don't think i'm someone who is intrinsically driven simply by a process of going out training Mm. i need the, the training to be focused on a goal and it was almost as if all of the goals had suddenly been removed so the reason that i was doing a session on tuesday was suddenly slightly evaporated in the short term so I guess I didn't want to think about a longer term strategy kind of immediately on um on Tuesday but then that'll change obviously in the next few days and you can have a slight mourning period of oh well um 
all of the training of the last few months, what was it, four? You, know, you slave through the winter and dark nights, cold mornings, all the rain we've had here, and it's been pretty grim. And then you go, oh, well, that was worth it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in a kind of not too uh, depressing way. But yeah, I think, I think you reset and you, you go again after a, after a few days of just being a bit annoyed by, by the whole situation. But yeah, I guess I'll come out of that funk probably tomorrow and then, and then just crack on and get going. Ralph, how have you been coping? Obviously, if you, you've said it's been going on for a bit longer in Norway. Um, well, in a very purely selfish point of view, I've been struggling with injury this so far this year. So actually, it's rather perfect that everything is uh, delayed <laughs> until, uh, until the autumn. Um, but I mean, so I'm basically just trying to get back to fitness. So going out, doing a bit of running. Um, all the gyms are closed, so... There's now no possibility to go cross training, which means mm. that I have to be really careful not to do anything stupid and end up back needing to do cross training. So this is an incredibly selfish, from my perspective, and, and kind of the opposite to Ralph's. I felt in fantastic shape. So like, right, I'm ready to use this. I'm ready to race because I haven't raced much this year, mm. kind of purposefully, because I, I felt previously that I've over raced from from January through to when the test races have been, and then maybe been a bit overworked when it's got to May and June and the internationals so I'd purposely step back from some racing and focus more on training this year to race more later on and then now there's no races to do it's kind of gone right ready to go ready to absolutely smash it and then there's nothing so mm. I guess in yeah two two kind of two very polarized views of uh, a similar kind of athlete athletes selfishness in the way of what what you're trying to look for and um get out of everything in the in the immediate Mm. but then I guess so do you both now start looking at time scales and thinking right what might be the the next event that happens and try and work towards that how do you approach kind of planning your training for the next I mean whoever however long well I think I think for starters the autumn season is going to be absolutely savage and fantastic so I'm going to go and try and win the British champs in the space of every British champs in the space of three weeks I reckon <laughs> go, go sprint middle long back to back to back no no Will because um, I've already won the British long distance champs because I'm going to be the uh, only well, person to have finished a course on Saturday <laughs> but it was it was this is true. my first ever senior individual title thank you very much king of the forest on, on the women's course though I heard it may have been the women's course, yes. <laughs> but it was the only championship course run, so technically, indeed, you have you have won. Oh, I don't know. You are, you are. I'd say you'd be non-competitive though if you're running the women's course. Can't possibly win that one. Well, I mean, I was the I was the only entrant on the course, so it might have been <laughs> the male course as well. Maybe. Um, I suppose people could write into the podcast if uh, they think this is incorrect and that they are a more worthy champion than I am. Yeah, I think I think put a poll out there and say, is Ralph Street, A, is Ralph Street the British champion of orienteering? <laughs> In general, this is this is now. And, and B, is there a more deserving person? So um, is the, uh, the winner of the first round of the UK Elite League, are they actually the best orienteer in Britain? Because technically they're at the at the head of the elite league I think that's Ali Thomas mm. at the moment yep Ali Thomas at the top Duncan here hi Ralph hi, hi Catherine <laughs> Duncan sliding into the run-ins DMs <laughs> and into the podcast um, 
But yeah, but but then, or, or is it um, Megan Carter Davis who currently holds all of the British orienteering titles at once? Is she the currently the best orienteer in Britain? I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess we have to find out. Graham Grishwood, he's British night champion. Does that just flow through all the other disciplines for the moment in exchange for nothing else? Yeah, I mean, well, we never know. It might go ahead in the autumn, in which case it's defunct, this conversation. But um, I was, uh, I think there's there's a lot of people I've chatted to in my club who are just going to feel like they're just going to miss orienteering for the, you know, for the next few months or everything so um do you think do you think you guys are going to miss just like being out in the forest you're going to be able to get into some terrain uh i think i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna try and, and be in terrain and and still keep the navigation ticking over and there's a lot of mapping going on in our area at the moment and um whether i can just test run courses for people for events that have been postponed to see if they want to make any changes before the the dates that they are actually going to be run now. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to do that. People can just email me the maps, and I'll go and I'll go and you know, train on the courses they've planned, and see if they want to make any adjustments based on any any feedback or anything like that. So, I'm still going to be getting out in the forest and and, see, and in kind of sprint terrain and see what I can do. But I guess it's making sure that you're respecting other people out and about in in public areas, and especially if you're doing sprint training, not kind of not bumping into people around corners. <laughs> so. Maybe not going full whack in a housing estate just in case, you know, you, you encounter someone over um, over 70 or something like that. Because that would be the, well, I imagine that would be the worst case scenario is kind of bumping into someone and then catching the virus on a on a training run or something like that. Mm. But no, I, I still, I think I'll still be getting out. But I don't know about Ralph, if, uh, if Norwell ha- has different restrictions. I'm definitely going to get out. I mean, that's one of the benefits with living out in Scandinavia is... There is a huge amount of available mapped forest, um, and they're quite good about maps being, you know, easily available. Mm. So yeah, definitely getting out. Probably not as much as uh, I would have done if the season was underway, because we're not allowed to do club training, for example. How do, how are your club kind of coping, or or other orienteers that you know, like what what kind of things are you doing instead of of club trainings? Well nothing well nothing really because i think everyone's actually taking it pretty seriously in that um not meant no organized club training but that doesn't Mm. mean that i don't think that stops you meeting up with your friends and doing an interval session or doing a sprint training or going into the forest but Mm. um it really can't be the club cannot be helping you do it if that makes sense yeah so when did that get shut down how long have you been solo and friends only uh, about a week and are you enjoying it Ralph and that's is that your kind of preferred way of training well um uh, no it's the answer it's a lot easier going out and doing a session with with other people so because mm. um, so, yeah. I know some people kind of thrive off the idea of orienteers you know do a lot on their own anyway and are quite isolated in terms of as a sportsman and women anyway but yeah, like you say, I think I think you need that driving competition, don't you? When it, when it's for a prolonged period of time. It's just, I mean, I sort of miss a bit of the like the social side. Actually, you know, you you get there and you know you're all working hard and you see everyone doing it, and then there'll be a bit of chat if someone's made a bit of a mistake, and you can <laughs> tell them how they should do it better in the, in a friendly way, and invite them to try a bit harder on the next rep. So. Um, 
it's a, it's a bit that that you miss and as well with me coming back into fitness um, I miss the boys to chase after them basically and make sure that I'm mm. a, you know keeping up a, a good intensity have you organised any unofficial races yet or planned any? There's been a lot of discussion about this, as you can imagine, <laughs> or in tears with to- mm. far too much time on their hands. Um, there's, a, yeah. there's an app in Norway called kind of um, Invisible Orienteering. So you download a course <laughs> onto your phone and then you take your phone out in the forest and it buzzes when you get to the controls, sort of it runs off oh, okay. the, the location data in the phone. Yeah, so it sounds like map run. Yeah, so a bit of discussion about where we just put a course on and everyone's got a week to do it and we take the fastest time. Um, And then I think that the sensible suggestions and then the the unsensible suggestions (laughs) are every club gets one night on their own to run Tia Mila. So you run it, say, three or four (laughs) nights in a row. (laughs) That is brilliant, actually. That would be cool. Do you have to do it at the... uh... What if you split the legs out? So you just did them over over ten days. So first leg was on day one, and then day two was second leg. Day three was third leg. So you'd have a whole group of people getting up at three in the morning to go and run leg six. <laughs> well, it could be good, but then you're running the risk of people yeah. being within two meters of each other. Of course. Mm. Oh no, not by the no, because then you stack you stagger out the okay. time. So you're starting at three in the morning if that's when your leg would have finished. You you. you yeah, but everybody, but then everybody on third leg, everybody on sixth leg, whatever is going out together, and that cannot happen. Yeah, but but Ralph, you're saying one night or one one day, it's one club. The next day, it's a different club, and so it's only one club at a time. Aren't yeah, you? so that's you've got it, that handover, which is of course uh, dangerous. Yeah. And everyone starts at eleven p.m. or ten p.m. Whatever yeah. it is. We'll see if that bit makes the edit, Catherine. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's really. I think that's really funny. I think that's I think really a good great. idea. I guess. I guess you need to seed which clubs get more dark earlier in the year oh. and which ones get oh, uh, midsummer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's going to be problematic. Yeah, this, this is why. This is I'm why sure you need it. Thought about that. This is why you need it one one leg per day. So you just have leg one on day one because then the night then you get it done in a period where the night stays the same. But then leg two starts, so leg two base time would be 10 o'clock. I'm and, totally and lost. You, no, so leg one finishes on day one, right? You take all the times. From a thousand rook clubs? From, yeah. Okay, leg one runners, I'm taking this on the chin. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a slight hiccup in my you know, health. Um, but then leg two, you're all staggered out based yeah. on your leg one finish time. Next day. And then leg three, the same, and leg four, the same. So by the time it gets a long night, it's all bunched out anyway. <laughs> it's just leg. It's just us, us fools who like to run leg one that are going to So maybe do leg one over a week, and then the next ones you do together. Yeah, maybe like that. Mm, interesting. <laughs> interesting. You can, you can post on some Swedish forum. No, no I'm not, doing, I'm not <laughs> posting on a Swedish forum. I don't <laughs> Yeah, I think people will have some thoughts about that one. Um, but, I mean, more, more seriously, Ralph, I mean, you, you must have been gearing up for, you know, sprint sprint races and world championships and stuff. I mean, what are your thoughts about, you know, training for those currently? Um, well, I mean, I've, to be honest, I've just been really focused about getting back to fitness. Mm. So I haven't really had much time to think about all... Oh, you know what kind of training should I be doing or anything fair enough Will same question yeah that's a good question 
I'm 50-50 as to whether World Champs will be on or not in July. I think I've seen some stuff today from people saying they're still preparing for it as if it's on. Mm. Um, we've heard some announcements about selection policy within the within the squad, and that's obviously tricky now that British Orienteering has no activities going on towards the end of June. And I suppose we've got to ask ourselves as athletes if we're willing to travel to test races outside the country for risk of bringing stuff back to other people that we may come into contact with so i i will continue to prepare as if as if world champs is on and and as if i'm going to go and um yeah just try and find some interim aims in the meantime and uh kind of just get back to basics and and crack on so i have a little uh maybe a few days downtime I've, I've had a few niggles lately that have been um kind of hampering me ever so slightly um so just get those sorted Crack on uh, as of Monday, and yeah, I guess three months, three four months to uh, to World Champs. So same same focus, same drive. Got just got to go and do it. Which is a very boring answer, but it's the it's the kind of attitude you've got to have because everyone everyone else will be preparing for it still in the same way. So you can't slack off if everyone else is going to prepare. So you've got to act as if everyone is still going for it, hammer and tongs, and we'll we'll get told when we get told. I mean, I imagine it's probably all going to get rescheduled. I can't see them finding adequate space for test races that can be fair for everyone to use in the current climate um but yeah that's the but that's problems for problems for future will and ralph i think and uh we'll just well, i mean that's not the uh that's not the organizers problem is it that's all the no. national federations you've got to sort out how they pick a team but there'll be no organized training camps and walk terrain surely and the test races that they were going to have in denmark will I think, likely I think be they off. are cancelled, aren't they? Or, I think, yeah, if they're world ranking events, then they're all cancelled because all world ranking events through to the end of May have gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so yeah, yeah. but I, I guess we'll see. And yeah, like you say, it's not the organisers' um, issue. So they'll they will aim to have the world champs when they can have it. And um, if not, I imagine it'll just get postponed and stuff will move around in the calendar and. It'll be an exciting autumn. Well, it lo- yeah, it does look like everything's getting pushed to the autumn. But then that makes it difficult because if you're trying to push Tiamila, Yukula, World Champs, potentially European Champs as well, plus all of the Scandinavian countries have their national champs in, in that time, it's suddenly becoming very, mm. very congested. Well, I guess do that's a problem you... for somebody else to sort out. Yeah, and I was going to say, do you do you then go for everything? Say say you've got back to back weekends for two months in September October. Just hypothetically, I know that probably won't be how it works, but do you go for everything, or do you drop out of certain World Cup rounds to go and win a national championships while people aren't there, or or what? I think it. Like, um, well, you saw with the the Swiss athletes before European champs um, in two thousand and. 17 18, 18 I think that they didn't run Tia, yeah, they didn't so. run Tiamila a week before so if Tiamila ends up say a week before world champs I would be surprised if there were many world champs athletes running that mm, that's a good point but I guess the you know the priority is really for everybody you know we're talking about all this you know priority make sure we get orienteering blah 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 but really the priority is you know staying safe and making sure that people around you are staying safe and 
that you're checking up on people, making sure they're doing okay and giving people a hand really. And and kind of in that vein, I mean, I we were asking on Facebook and Twitter how people were coping, um, suggestions that they had. So I thought we'd run through, through a few of those and try and find out what you guys think. Um, Nick Lightfoot says try virtual O which he says is great if you have a reasonably powerful PC I've heard it being described as catching features on steroids it's an orienteering computer game have you have either of you guys played catching features and can you describe what it is for people who don't know so I, I imagine Ralph has got a very good description of of catching features I, I haven't played it too much why? Why would I have a great description of catching pitches? You love you love you love things like Football Manager. <laughs> I, um, Purely basing off speculation. I did win a copy of Virtual Orienteering in one in World of O's. Um, was it Route to Christmas prizes or vote for the top orienteer prize or something? Um, Congratulations! Um, but my computer is unfortunately not powerful enough to run it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen clips of it and it does look very it does look very good and very Yeah, realistic. I know the cl- the cliffs and the, yeah the like the rendering is impressive it looks so Oh maybe Duncan really though. Like. Duncan well, what's your opinion uh, of it? Uh I've not seen it. I saw it uh, on a Instagram story earlier today Felix Wilson having a play but I've not played it myself. I'm catching features 10 years ago as my last uh, experience of computer orienteering. So I know some people absolutely love catching features but it's not been something that I've ever really managed to get into i think i got too frustrated by the the character just bumping into a tree <laughs> constantly <laughs> which might have been a sim- symbolizing my orienteering because i think a few weeks later i might have busted my shoulder on a tree so yeah so the idea is for people who don't know that you're in control of this avatar who's going around the orienteering course and the the map is you know made up into the landscape that you can see around you and you have to you know basically head in the right direction to and look at the map to be able to get to the controls so it, it is like a co- literally like you're going orienteering on a computer game yeah there's a, there's a catching features demo which is free and then i don't know how much it is for the real one but i think yeah, it's about demo 40 free, pounds test, catching features about 35 for, for virtual o okay yeah probably yeah it's worth guessing Definitely. i mean you I know you it's some the same price as the, a regular computer game probably yeah and you can co- you can convert an OCAD map, so if anyone's got experience, they can uh, do that. I don't think it's that easy, but um, yeah, you could have the British British champs in catching features. Ooh. Oh, so people can race against Ralph. Race against Ralph, yeah. Any, any a British out. OCAD map could be converted, so we could find out if he is king of the forest. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got some people speaking of World of O stuff. Uh, Jane Chisholm says she'll be catching up with the World of O's route to Christmas, which was different legs every day on the run up to Christmas, and you can p- plot your route of where you would have gone. There's also uh, World of O's latest route to the O season, which uh, may now actually obviously run for much longer than originally intended. Um, and he says also find out about um, Tempo and Trailo, the um, you know one of the versions of our sport and I I, I think it's generally worth having a look at that because I think it's made my orienteering better thinking about where controls are placed and being able to visualise the terrain before I get there I think that's a, a good shout Willie's pulling his face but the, uh, there is some online trailer there is some online trailer which, uh, which I think is quite good if it against the clock you can test yourself maybe pull out the bit of, of Duncan saying me pulling my face <laughs> <laughs> That, I, was, I was telling him not to say anything. 
<laughs> That's all right. I can, Are you I can guess your reaction to that. No. God. How about how about this one? Um, um, Charlie Summers Cox says uh, she will get on her cycle turbo trainer with an old uh, mountain bike map, making route choice decisions whilst doing intervals. Yeah, good plan. I've done similar when I've been injured before on a spinning bike with um, a map of a race that I've had coming up and, and making decisions under under that kind of fatigue. Like it. Mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, Marin White says in Harlequin's land they're thinking of reviving their permanent orienteering course challenge using some of their those courses uh, with a designated set of controls and self-timed runs. So again, this is like going out by yourself and doing some orienteering. And a lot of people have mentioned Map Run, which is an app that where you can kind of add courses and then it can be pretty much rough like what you're saying before and you just take your phone there you kind of start the course and then it's run and you and you punch based off the the gps on your mobile phone and you can you know you can get that timed lots of people recommending map run you could probably also go out and do some mapping if you wanted to that's that could be useful for yeah, def- definitely keen for mapping. On the uh, UK Elite League, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, we'll put some instructions to help people get started. On the first map, and uh, maybe I'll put a little judging panel for first-time mappers to, uh, yeah, just encourage people to map those sprint areas that have been overlooked in the past. And uh, maybe once the restrictions are lifted, we can get, get racing and training on these on these new maps again. Yeah, that sounds good. Peter Hodgkinson has also pointed us to a Facebook page called Homemade Orienteering. Basically, loads of ideas about how to make a map of your own house. So if you are that much of a nerd, go make a map of your own house, put some controls out. I actually did that once at like a New Year's Eve like thing when I was a kid. Um, and we like set up some controls around the house. I've, I've done that... Uh... At the Keys place in in Melbourne, in Australia, we, we, they've got a map of their house and their garden, um, and we did a alcohol free alco around it. How can you do an alcohol not, not free alcohol. alco? Not quite alcohol free. <laughs> alcohol free for some. Alcohol free for some, not for others. Did you win? Um, yeah, of course, one. Oh, uh, but yeah, no. So we did we did a, a couple of races, like relay races, through the house and around the around the local area because it was all down to kind of one to one thousand scale. So. It's all quite quite small. Has Peter, Hodgkinson, has Peter Hodgkinson made a map yet? I don't know, but if he hasn't, why not? Yeah, yeah. No, come, come on, Pete. Send send your maps in to where they're running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we we can judge them on the on the next podcast. But I would put the proviso out there of if you have a messy house, <laughs> maybe give it a little clean so you've got some some running space and you don't trip over and break something. Yeah, because otherwise, if you, if you're young, your parents will be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> they will they really will um speaking of you know in-house opportunities for orienting edinburgh southern tweeted us a picture of a 400 piece jigsaw from walk 2015 i'm like that is dedication right there yes like it good idea and uh, i've been chatting to my grandpa who says clive allen who says his club in denmark are putting on weekly training sessions where they hang the controls and they put the maps on the website for people to download and they leave a few maps left at the clubhouse for those who don't have a printer which sounds like a really great idea that's kind of similar to what uh, we've been planning uh, in my club sn we're going to do some what we've called solo o pretty much the same as as that but just putting out some tapes instead of actual controls and maybe means that we can you know very informally get on some areas that we otherwise wouldn't be able to get on that you know regular members of the public can get on but we can't always hold events there shall we say yeah i mean this is the perfect opportunity for just 
just sneaking onto some areas and, and doing a little bit of training on, on some places where maybe large groups can't normally go. And also on that point of doing the solo O, I guess people can use um, programs like LiveLocks and everyone upload their GPS onto the same system. So it works similarly to um, GPS Saranta. Um, where people can upload their GPS onto onto one file, someone would have to set that file up, but then you can replay all the GPS traces together as if it was a live race. So you can see where everyone would have placed if it was a mass start race, kind of as some of the GPS tracking works now. Mm. And if you're a bit more low tech, you could use Root Gadget as well, um, which is a good option for. So if you don't have a GPS tracker, you can. I mean, you could lie, obviously, but you can just put on your uh, your oh, time and, and and put it so, on your route. So live locks, you can just. You just download your GPX file from your from your watch and you upload that. Oh. So and then it runs through in real time. So you don't even need GPS trackers. We were using it on the IFK leading a camp in Portugal instead of GPS. So it's a really cheap way of having good GPS tracking for for everyone. It's just that bit more manual to load it up at the end. So you can't have live watching, but we can rewatch it all at the end. Yeah, I think it's been like paid for in some countries, but apparently it's free for twenty twenty in the UK. So uh Is it? jump on live locks. Perfect. Fantastic. And uh, in terms of maybe how some of the other elite orienteers have been uh, preparing, Nathan Lawson actually sent me a really long uh, message, nice long message about when I was asking, you know, how are people coping? And he said, um, he, I think the measures put in place weren't expected, but it's obviously really frustrating having worked hard for the races for them to be pulled when they're so close. Um, I mean, pretty much how you feel, Will. It could be difficult to keep motivated, but I think for me personally and for a lot of orienteers, he's very used to training on his own and self-motivating. So he's readjusted goals and now working longer term towards other races and thinking that every run is a deposit in the bank to be drawn out later, just a little later now than expected. So setting short-term goals, even if they're arbitrary and mean nothing to anyone else, it's also a way of keeping short-term motivation. Also, just keep reminding yourself that the races are going to come back around and you don't want to be unfit when they do. (laughs) So you've got to keep yourself ready for whatever races might come up and when. And I think he's also maybe transitioning away from some sprint training and more towards some long training, enjoying running outside in Sheffield. So what do you guys make of uh, Nathan's recommendations? I think, I mean, pretty good, pretty good advice. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, I I think they're pretty um, uh, how, like you say, how a lot of people will, will be feeling, and um, ourselves and our running group around here have, have created a few. We've been having got as Ralph said, there's a lot of chat around informal racing and stuff like that going on. So, with all of the road racing league that's been pulled from where from around our um, place in Northamptonshire which is quite useful for those midweek tempos in the summer. Um, we're going to start creating our own kind of informal racing league, having some some more fun stuff like uh, elimination races on the track and uh, cycling style hill climbs and things like that as well to um, to keep that running motivation high and and um, keep everyone motivated in the group as well. But yeah, I agree with what Nathan said there. Yeah, I guess there's, just lots, there's still lots of things you can do. And I think just going through all these ideas that people have have sent to us that there's still loads of stuff you can do and um you know still be safe you're still keeping away from other people things you can do by by yourself but then you know you can still debrief with other with other orienteers afterwards where did you go wrong where did you make a mistake here and and get that social interaction albeit you know maybe over the phone or something yeah that's the thing like with with modern technology no one's that far away and you can still get in contact with people and and like meet up and things like that and um, it's just about helping each other through, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Do some course planning for each other. That's what you could do, fill this time with. 
do a bit of coaching maybe as well yeah maybe it's a great time to find out think about all the other ways you can be involved in the sport rather than just training and racing yeah and all the while you're inside the snc strength and conditioning training i'm sure there'll be plenty of videos on youtube for people to uh up their courtability and yeah get stronger before we do your back in the in the terrain yeah it's a good time to to essentially everyone's now got a blank canvas um to because it, as there's no organised training or things like that going on for, for most sporting clubs in the UK and, and Scandinavia and Europe, you've got a blank canvas to go and work on things or, or just do things that you haven't had the opportunity to go and do because you've been stuck in relatively rigid structures of, of racing and peaking and tapering. So you've got three months, say, to really go and do whatever you want. No, mu- not much excuse to go and rest in that period. So you can just go go to your local hill that you'd never actually got to go up or your Strava segment that you've been eyeing up but haven't really wanted to have a crack at and just go and do it just shake it up a bit and, and find some enjoyment and like Nathan, Nathan says just and, and you said Catherine just doing some longer stuff or um, finding the enjoyment in just going running and going through that process and not being so focused on on results and the end goal yeah and enjoyment is the, I think the key word there I think lots lots of people are going to struggle with it over the next few months with all sorts of stuff going on in you know in their lives I know personally for me the the way this is is as as hit me is my you know it's pretty much wiped out most of my work a lot of my work is involved in orienteering or or sports journalism be it the commentary be it making films stuff I do on, on local radio and you, you know I'm being faced with a summer of not really doing very much I mean you know I mean I could be in a much worse position I live at home I don't have much rent to pay but um you know a lot for me is thinking about other ways I can get involved and other things I can do and kind of you know keeping busy keeping positive keeping enjoying it I want to be I was out on the Compass Sport Cup round at the weekend on Hampstead Heath and was on the the start line going right just enjoy yourself just enjoy yourself this might be the last orienteering you do for ages just go and have fun and I actually did I really really enjoyed it so I think that is a key message to take away too Mm. oh definitely I think the last the the last orienteering I did was a uh, West Anglia event last weekend no two weekends ago now and I I won by 12 minutes I had a great time it was brilliant <laughs> and I'll end, end the season there and I'm, I think I'm, I'm battling Ralph for British champion as a, anyone won a middle distance by 12 minutes in the UK recently no <laughs> give me that crown Ralph love it well actually that might be a good transition because there has been some orienteering I mean not in the future but there has been some in the past that we can talk about um, and Duncan maybe this is a good uh, place to bring you in here because we had the first two events of the UK Elite O League up in Scotland starting with the sprint in uh, Johnshaven with win for Chris Jones and Duncan five seconds behind Ralph on Twitter pointed out you're the closest any British man has got to beating Chris Jones in a UK sprint race, sprint race since Peter Hodgkinson in the British sprint champs heats was only one second behind Chris uh, in 2016. Good start, Ralph. Yeah, it'd be nice being five seconds quicker. <laughs> I didn't make. I didn't make. A, I, didn't, I didn't make a five second mistake. Maybe I've lost one or two or three seconds here and there. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice. But yeah, no, that was the um, first round. Of, first, first to be supposed to be first round of twelve, but um, first round of two, and then we'll we'll pause for a bit. Um, but yeah, D side weekend organised by Marrock, sprint race on the Saturday, and then a long on Burstmore in D side on the Sunday. 
but yeah, there's a good sort of sprint race around um, John's Haven, this fishing village on the North Sea. Started off like between the houses and then went up into the grounds like an old school with some like terrace gardens, which were which were actually pretty tricky to get the right route choice. And people definitely lost time in the last last few minutes of the race there. Um, Chris lost a bit of time, which meant, meant I got a bit closer, which was good. You didn't see the maps beforehand, did you? No, no, I... I'd like to bring to everyone's attention, <laughs> Duncan has been complaining for the last few weeks um, in our house of being too injured to go training. So where he quite pulled this result from <laughs> is I'm, I'm a little bit suspicious, given the, the conversations on our last podcast about fair play, but there you go. <laughs> oh, well, if you, if you do a lot of training and then have an injury-enforced taper and then race, that, that was a good tactic. It's, it serves me well in the past few weeks. Okay, okay. What about round and round two? Um, round two, um, yeah, in the forest this time. Um, yeah, nice wild Scottish forest. In the men's, Alistair Thomas, yeah, beat all the seniors, was two minutes clearer of anyone else. That was impressive, and he's a, he's a top year in 20. Neve Hunter won the brown course. Um, yeah, again running up, so a strong run from her ahead of Laura King. And uh, we should say Helen Bridal won the... Um won the women's sprint on the Saturday in John's Haven as well so kind of a bit out of left field maybe a former senior international multiple walk um walk attendee for the British team um kind of putting putting a claim back on the sprint scene as well in um in the women's class yeah no I, I uh, checked the ranking list to try and seed her and I didn't she didn't she didn't appear unless she had a different name on the ranking list um, so yeah, I should have seen should have, should have seeded in near the back, but yeah, no, good good run. She was a little bit clearer, I think. Mm. Were you happy with Duncan with the the turnout that you managed to get out there? Uh, you yeah, certainly no, came good. out in force. Yeah, me and Alistair Pedley and York, we we made sure they put a strong team. But yeah, no, thanks to York for supporting it, and thanks to Marek for putting it on. And yeah, if there are races later in the year, we'll we'll get restarted and people can score some score some more points. Yeah. Fantastic. Guys, do we have anything else to chat about or are we pretty much done? Maybe we could set everybody a competition. Right. Um, of, I, I don't know if Ralph was about to jump in and say something profound, actually, that might be better. <laughs> no, no, no. Because... I, I mean, uh, I, I want to uh, find more stats, you know. Uh, well, uh, maybe we can set Ralph the challenge of finding more more impressive stats on, <laughs> on the UK scene and, and seeing what he can dig up in terms of, um, in terms of that. I was going to say, could we set people a challenge of... There, uh, everyone's going to be going and do some solo orienteering. So to try and get everyone's technique as as crisp as possible, um, if you can do a kilometre long leg on any terrain you're going to, how straight can people can people run it? Ooh. But it has to be at a certain average pace. So you can't just walk it. It's got to be kind of at a, I don't know. We'll call over, you out if uh, it's under, too slow. Under, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll call we'll call people <laughs> out if it's too slow or if they've done anything dodgy, like start the start the gps at one point and then pause it at the next point or something like that so uh but if people send in their kind of their straightest their straightest leg um, kilometer through terrain yeah kilometer through terrain on an orienteering mat on in an orienteering course it can't just be like one like one single leg um send it through and we'll we'll see who's got the who's, who's got the best compass work in britain i like it e- extra points for tougher terrain yeah yeah, extra points if it if it's like the Trossocks and you're going straight through that, that's impressive, and and you kind of you win. If it's me at a uh, that I've just planned a leg at a kind of sprint training, I'm going, I'm going along a park. Maybe no, maybe not. That but, that surely can't um, count. You're not going to get many points for that. No, no, I will be bottom of the ranking list for that yeah, one. Yeah, if but. you can get, throw a cliff climb in there, that'd be extra impressive. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. So, I like so that. So we can rank people on that. I've got a technical challenge for the uh, for the computer geeks, but uh, we need an app where you can put in a few of your mates and then put, pick a few segments of Strava and then add up the times of six or seven segments to find out who's the best in your little little mates mini league. If anyone can uh, can put that one together, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, someone must have the time to be able to do that now. Yeah, totally. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a question for you all, actually. Oh. Chris Jones has won every single sprint race since the JK 2015 in Britain, <laughs> apart from one. Can you name that sprint race? <laughs> mm. I'll do it for you. Not, J- not sure. JK 2019. Yay. <laughs> well, oh, that's me. That's that must be two then. I didn't realise he... Did he not win the JK 2019? No, I did. <laughs> oh, but was, was Chris entered? No, Chris oh, okay, wasn't entered, no. Enter. Uh, okay, he entered. Uh, everyone who's run, I get you. Okay. Oh. That's because he was too scared to run last year. I didn't realise this is actually such a good question. I thought this was a terrible question. Yeah, Ralph, 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 you can have a running, well, you can have a running feature. Ra- you, Ralph's for, question corner. There's a, there's a yeah. little asterisk stuck, stuck on this question, question as well. It's, it's UK, UK based, is that right? Yeah, a UK sprint race since the JK 2015 that Chris has entered that he's not won. Did he start it? The little asterisk is there's actually two, but on one of them, he apparently crashed into a small girl after (laughs) kind of one or two controls and had to like go and look after her. And then he restarted (laughs) and he didn't win that. Oh, that 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 was a um, sprint Scotland. Yeah, that one. In 2018? Yes. I think. Yeah, that would be good. But he actually has one one that he started, not crashed into anyone on. And he's not <laughs> one. Oh. We'll come back to you. Yeah, we'll come back to you on that one. Good question. You need, you need a little uh, name for this feature, Catherine. Ralph, something oh. question or quiz that, that, that rhymed a little okay, bit. Okay, fine. See if, you, see if you can come up with something good before tomorrow evening. <laughs> um... Ralph's orienteering conundrum. <laughs> yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and now it's time like for that. Ralph's orienteering conundrum. <laughs> yes, let's make this a feature. Yes. Ralph, you gotta, you gotta, Ralph. you gotta send us a question every two weeks now for the foreseeable future. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Just, just yeah, just record yourself and just send it in. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I've got you a need lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so thanks, thanks, Duncan and Ralph uh, for joining us on what's kind of been a, a slight change to normal programming. Um, we will continue to be putting out podcasts for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm working from home, so I'm not going into the office um, and I'm still full on with work, but um, we're going to try and get as many people on to interview and and talk to as possible and keep it fresh and keep it entertaining because... Um, I guess in what is relatively unparalleled times, you know, we want to keep people kind of focused and enjoy themselves. And if, uh, if this goes a small way to helping people along the way, then, um, then yeah, that's what we're kind of here for and, uh, and what we can do. So, um, I guess thank you guys. And thank you, Catherine, for, for jumping on and everybody stay well, stay safe. Um, and we'll, we'll see you on the next episode.